The future is a hefty responsibility and not one that we take lightly. But then taking things lightly has never been what hefty is about. That's why we've created the Hefty Renew program that turns hard to recycle plastics into valuable resources like park benches and building materials. To participate, simply fill up an orange Hefty Renew bag with accepted items, tie it up, and drop it in with your regular recycling. That's it. It's that easy. It's time to rethink recycling with Renew. Particular valued resources may vary by geography. More info available at heftyrenew.com. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile, and the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time, there's Granger, offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Welcome to the Boneyard with Steve Robertson. As always, I am your good friend and host, Steve Robertson, here much later than I wanted to be. Let me go ahead and make sure you guys understand that. I had every intention of getting up and recording around noon today. And then we had some uh, final exams to take for the kid, which kind of took up the office. Had two exams, so that kind of put me off schedule. And then uh, had a lot of phone calls to make and to return to get you guys some recruiting information. We're going to talk about that a little bit later in the show uh, before we get into a lot of that. Let me just tell you, as of right now, as of right now, we expect everybody to hold. As of now. Now, of course, there's 48 hours between now and... Uh, you know, the opening, I guess, left maybe closer to 36 hours now before the open of the uh, early December signing period. But as of now, we expect everybody to hold. That includes MJ Daniels. But again, we'll get to some recruiting talk later in the show. I want to thank all of you that came out this past few days uh, for book signings. Uh, probably the best week we've had since the first week uh, on the tour. And uh, only a couple dates left on the fall book tour. And I'll be looking forward to getting a little R&R &R and not have somewhere to be quite every day. But uh yeah, man, it's it's been a great thing. It's been a cool thing. Let me think here for a second where all I was last week. You know, it's it all kind of begins to run together after a, after a while. But I was in Meridian on Thursday. We had a really good signing there at the Bulldog Shop. If you couldn't make it out, Don Dice and uh, the crew there they still have some signed copies of uh, both Villains and Alpha Dogs. They're sold out of Flim Flam. How about that? And then on Friday, I went to my hometown of Columbia, Mississippi, and I was at the flower shop on Church Street, just a block off of Main Street there in Columbia. I have never seen uh, the big Christmas light spectacular. I got to see the live nativity and all that. It is amazing to me that it's all taking place in my hometown. What a great job everybody does down there. Another good signing. And uh, if you're looking, if you're in Marion County or around there, if you shop in Columbia, you can go by the flower shop. She has signed copies of all three books. Supplies are limited, as you can imagine, at this time of the year. So if you're, if you're in, the, in the area of Columbia, Mississippi, go by there and get those. And on Saturday, one of the best signings of the tour at the Lodge. Really wasn't that busy foot traffic, but a lot of you guys are buying three and four books to give as gifts. I think it's a great gift for everybody, for all the Bulldog fans in your life, whether they're big readers or not. You know, I think people uh, a lot of times don't read a lot just because of the subject matter is not of interest to them. But if they love Mississippi State, they're going to love to read more about Mississippi State sports. So you go back and check that out. So this week will be a little different. I'll be in Starkville. Uh, I think I've taken my last road trip this year until we uh, see about a bowl game. And I know that uh, what I've heard is that Mike Leach and crew would like to have the ball game that plays the latest, like the, the one, the option for us that gives us the opportunity to get as much practice time as possible. That sounds like Birmingham to me. Sounds like Birmingham, because as you guys know, the St. Petersburg Bowl is on December 26th, and that's one of the ones that I've heard that we're in the mix for, the Gasparilla Bowl in St. Petersburg or the Birmingham Bowl. Uh, we've been to St. Petersburg. We haven't been, done the Birmingham Bowl. And, uh, you know, I don't know if we've been down there since 81. It was called the Hall of Fame Bowl, and John Bond and that group went and beat Kansas 10 nothing. But uh, I think it makes for a good trip, and it gives the Bulldogs a chance to play. I think that game is, what, January 1st? January, yeah, January 1st, like 11 o'clock in the morning. It'd be a great day trip for all of us. Well, maybe we go over there the night before, spend the night, and then uh, go to the ball game and get home. 
But uh, that's kind of what we're hearing about all of that. Bulldog Burger Company, always here to serve you. Man, I love going in there. I, I love Ian and the crew there. Man, everybody there is great people. They do a great job. It's a great environment. It's great food. And I've told you guys before, the, the portions are so substantial. I don't know that I've ever truly finished a meal at Bulldog Burger Company. And that's not just a salad. I mean, you know, there are a lot of times I, I get stuff to go. And, you know, my, my, fry, my dogs love it when it's French fry day because I, I just hate for that food to go to waste. So I bring it home and uh, line them up like a choir and uh, call their names and pitch them french fries. I mean, there's so much food there, you can barely get it done. And um, that's one of the things when you go out to eat. I mean, how many times have you had a meal and you leave and think, you know what, I wish there was a few more, a few more bites. I, I could have put away a little bit more. That's not the case at Bulldog Burger Company. They're going to make sure you get fed. Go by, have a great restaurant-quality hamburger, and if you're looking for somewhere to go watch a game this weekend, Bulldog Burger Company in both Starville and Tupelo are happy to serve you. You can uh, buy an adult beverage while you're there, make it your tailgating destination. They're Bulldog Burger Company. Again, two locations right here on University Drive in Stark Vegas and on Gloucester Street there in Tupelo. Bulldog Burger Company, the place where people go to meet. M-E-A-T. All right, let's take a look at the ball game. You guys know we lost, unfortunately. I was pretty confident. I can't say I was overly confident, but I felt like we had a good chance to win the game. And speaking of games, in case you guys have forgotten, Mississippi State women in action tonight, 7 p.m. against Troy and Humphrey Coliseum. Uh, you know, there's some new restrictions coming. I understand it's business as usual until January 1st, and then they'll uh, they'll look at the, uh, the the change in attendance mandate. But um, so again, if you're if you're coming out tonight and you've been to games and you have season tickets, you should be in good shape with no problems whatsoever. So that's, that's your, your ball game for tonight. Mississippi State women at Troy. They're back in action this Friday against Southern University. Not Southern Miss, but Southern uh, University. Bulldog men do drop a game over the weekend to Dayton. Uh, disappointing. We had, you know, we had a chance, and that's not to say Dayton's a bad team, but uh, – you know, we had a lot of opportunities to put that game away. We should have won it in regulation, should have won it in first overtime. We lose 85-82 in double overtime. We're back in action in Starkville um, this Wednesday against Central Arkansas. So, again, if you're in the area you want to come out, check out the Bulldogs, you can. And that, that's your Bulldog basketball update uh, for this week. All right, so let's go ahead and talk about the ball game. Uh, didn't go the way we'd hoped. But again, it's one of those things where our, our defense plays well enough to win and we can't generate enough offense. I'm not throwing shade at anybody, kind of it is what it is, but we certainly had our opportunities to beat Auburn. This is not a great Auburn team, not even a really good team. They're a pretty mediocre team, which is why Gus Malzahn's no longer the head coach at Auburn. Uh, we're not going to spend a lot of time talking about that, though. But you know, State wins a toss and uh, we elected to defer. Auburn sets up shop early on. We, we, a mistake early to kind of give them some advantage field position He's complete to Schwartz for seven yards. There's a face mask penalty for Colin Duncan. I believe that's his second or third one of the year. Kids out there playing hard. Probably playing before he's ready, but he's playing hard. Tank Bigsby, who I thought was really the difference in the ball game, ran for a loss of two yards, and they're incomplete to uh, to, to Jackson. Brule in the backfield. It seemed like Aaron Brule was everywhere the entire ball game. He has really become a menace. Uh, Nick's incomplete to Seth Williams, quarterback Curry by Aaron Brule. And they reviewed, that's the one on the sidelines. And, you know, it, I really thought his foot was on the white. But from the, the angle, it was difficult to really tell. So what was called on the field was probably going to stick. Three and out. Bulldog offense gets an opportunity to get out there you know, at the 20-yard line. But it's one of those things, too. You know, our defense goes out there. You know, they scripted some plays. We made good plays. Got them off the field. So the decision to defer seemed like a good one at the time. You defer, you kick off, you get a three and out. Now you're back on offense. All right, so State comes out, and we really struggle to get things going. Uh, we, we throw it behind the chain, so Witherspoon is tackled for a loss. Auburn did a really good job of kind of manning up outside on in the flats. Kevin Steele, I thought, had a great game plan to really deny Mississippi State uh, those swing passes and check downs to the backs. That's a big part of a kind of an extension of our running game. They kind of denied us those opportunities. Well, Rodgers then incomplete to Marks and an incomplete to Jaden Wiley on third and eight, so we're punting. Uh, it's down to the uh, to the 35, and this is when you know, chaos ensues here. Martin Emerson comes in quick, you know, kind of just, you know, he's barreling down trying to make a play. And, uh, you know, this was time was off that there is kick catching interference, and then there is a penalty on uh, Auburn's Jordan Peters for kind of retaliating. And I'll be honest with you, I ain't got a problem with that. He's standing up for his guy. 
All right, so now it's first and 10 at the Auburn 35. Complete the stove for three, and then Bigsby runs for 14. Next in on a quarterback run, goes for five. Incomplete to Seth Williams, brings up a third and five. They're complete to Schwartz. I really like Schwartz. I really, really, really think he's got a bright future ahead of him. Uh, next in, goes for it on fourth and one. Design quarterback run. He gets a two yards. So they move it along. Uh, complete the stove for eight. Bigsby then goes for six. And there's a lot of that with Tank Bigsby. It seemed like that he was a really solid contributor. Next in, complete the stove. Uh, Next complete to Schwartz for nine, down to the state 14, third and one. And Bo Nix goes for it. They get the first down. And then Sean Shivers goes for three to the 10, incomplete to Williams, incomplete to Williams. And then they uh, they kick the field goal. One of the things that I'll point out to you, too, that a lot of these incomplete to Williams, you know, when Bo Nix misses, he misses really, really bad. I mean, I mean, it's really wild. I mean, some of those, his ball placement uh, does not match his athleticism. I mean, if they had a traditional quarterback back there, Auburn probably has surrendered 50 sacks. I mean, he's running for his life a lot because they don't have any true tackles. But, uh, you know, when he missed on some guy, there were some times he had some guys open, threw the ball too hard, threw it over their heads. Uh, I, I did not think Bo Nix uh, had a very good ball game. Granted, they won. I did not think that he played exceptionally well. So Auburn gets a 3-0 lead there with the field goal and then uh, gets us behind the chains. Right out, of, right out of the gate, we give up a sack. And that's one of the things that we've done good the last two weeks against Ole Miss and Georgia. We give up, what, two sacks against uh, both of them and a couple of those, like on the last play of the game. I guess it was Georgia. I guess we gave up three, maybe three, four sacks, two games combined. Auburn figured some things out. They really did. Uh, Will Rogers is sacked by Dre Butler. Now, all of a sudden, it's second and 16. We're complete to Marks for seven. And then there's an offsides penalty on Big Cat that uh, makes it a third and four. So now all of a sudden we kind of negate the sack and we're in third and manageable. We're incomplete to Marks, and they reviewed the play for targeting uh, and no penalty. I did not agree with the call. Now, I do not. Now, here's the thing I don't think there was any malicious intent. It's still a personal foul. It's a defenseless receiver after the ball has already cleared the play, the play is over. And he still hit him. I, I do agree with that it wasn't targeting. I disagree that it wasn't unnecessary roughness. Should have been a personal foul penalty. Uh, they pick it up. Did not agree with that at all. I'm sure at some point the legal send uh, a letter and says, we know we're sorry, we're sorry, we're sorry. Uh, listen, it didn't make a difference in the ball game. But if we're going to have rules, let's enforce them. Tucker Day then punts for 47 yards. And, uh, you know, Auburn gets it set up inside their 30 after a short return. Auburn then goes to work here and uh, puts together a good drive, but the defense begins to stiffen. Tank Bigsby runs for six. Bigsby goes for five. Again, you're going to hear a lot of that. Nix is complete to Schwartz for 12 and out to midfield. Then Bigsby goes for no game. Nix runs for five, complete to Stove for six. Third and nine, incomplete, and we force another punt. Six plays, 24 yards uh, on the drive. State gets a chance to get the ball back here before the end of the quarter. Will Rogers complete to Malik Heath, and man, it's good to have him out there. Four yards. Dylan Johnson then runs hard for 10. He has, that kid simply has some toughness about him that we have lacked. Uh, Will Rogers complete to Jaden Wall. And I mean really this year. I'm not trying to be negative. Don't, don't misconstrue what I'm saying. We, there are times this year we've kind of had to figure out what we're doing. And I think Dylan Johnson's the kid, while he doesn't know the full complement of the offense, everything he does, he does wide open. He gets his 10 yards there, gets the first down. Then we're complete to Wiley for 12. They complete to Mitchell for six on first down. So we're rolling along pretty good that it runs out the first quarter. And I think if anybody told you, hey, it's going to be 3 nothing Auburn at the end of one, you would say, you know what, I'll take that. I think that, that gives us a good chance to win the ballgame. So we get into the second quarter and State's on a move. Dylan Johnson runs for three, brings up a third and one. Dylan Johnson then goes for nine. There we go again. The toughness. On first and ten, we're incomplete to Malik Heath, and then uh, we're complete to Marks for loss of two, brings up a third and 12, and here's really the first bad decision of the game uh, for Will Rogers. Not sure if the receiver cut the route off wrong or whatever, but Will kind of throws one up for grabs on third and 12 from the Auburn 47. It's intercepted by Roger McCreary, who is their best safety, and uh, he returns at 28 yards to the state 46. You know, in that situation, don't force it. It's a 3 ball game. You know, if nothing else, we're punting from their 47, and we can pin them back deep and then give us a chance to get some uh, plus field position. Bad decision there. And listen, there's going to be a lot of risk-reward with the freshman. And again, I don't know if it's a situation that there was just a miscommunication between the receiver or the quarterback. But at the end of the day, it's a turnover that didn't need to happen. 
Auburn gets the ball back, but your defense stands tall here. And I really felt like this was a pivotal point early in the ball game because they had a lead. We'd made a mistake. They're going to get good field position. They're already on our side of the field to begin the drive, but the defense is like, ah, we got it. Complete to Stowe for five, then complete to Williams for no gain. Thought London Craft really made a nice play on that one. Then complete to Eli Stowe for one yard, and then it's incomplete to Williams on fourth and four. And that's when they did the little gadget play where they – kind of did the old Matt Wyatt fake punt, pooch punt type deal. And then they, they had Williams out there in the one receiver route, and it really felt like Williams should have caught the football there. But in the end, despite the fact that they begin the drive on state side of the 50, it's four plays for just six yards. Great job by the Bulldog defense. Zach Arnett and his group doing a great job. Now all of a sudden we put together one of our better drives of the day. Really, really did a good job here. All right, pass is complete to Dylan Johnson for four. Incomplete to Spivey. Will Rogers is sacked for seven by Derek Hall, former Mississippi State commitment there, or pardon me, recruiting target. He never committed to us, even though he kind of led us to believe privately he was going to be here. All right, so we're getting ready to punt here, and then there's a rough in the kicker uh, penalty against Auburn that extends the drive. Plass is incomplete to Spivey for no gain. I To be honest with you, I kind of like checking it down to Spivey with his size and length, even though this one went for no gain. You know, with his size against some of those smaller DBs, he is going to be able to get some forward push and probably drive through contact and get some additional yardage there. Then we come back and we're complete to Jaden Wildey again for 13. He is becoming a star, already the most prolific freshman receiver in the history of Mississippi State football. Then there's an unsportsmanlike conduct on Jaquarius Bobby, his first of the day. Those are the things we've got to fix. That's undisciplined football. Undisciplined football gets you beat. And when you were 2-16 and 16 at the time, you know, you – you don't need to be talking. Just go, and I understand trash talk's a part of the game. I firmly believe that. But not to the point that it hurts a team. It's one thing to get out there and get in a guy's face and say, I'm going to beat you on this play. There's another thing to get out there and say, you can't cover me. There's nothing to get out there and say, you know, we're going to win the ball game. It's another thing to get out there and draw the attention of the officials and, and hurt your team for 15 yards. So now all of a sudden, <laughs> we're back, uh, backed up again. And uh, it's just it's really disappointing because we're back at the 50. We had a promising drive there, and you think, okay, here we go. It could have easily been a first and 20. Thank goodness the rules uh, were favored us. Then we're complete to Marks for a loss of two. Then to, J- to Jaden Wally for 15. Again, he's a star. Pass incomplete to Jaquarius Spivey, but there is pass interference on Roger McCreary. And those two went, each other, went at each other all evening long. That gives us a first down. Will Rogers then rushes for no gain, and there's holding on Cam Jones and backs us up. It's first and 20. So we've had every opportunity a couple times to, to, to kind of push this thing ahead, but we keep shooting ourselves in the foot. Second 11, we're incomplete to Malik Heath. And then on third and 11, Will Rogers threw one of the best passes of the day, and Jaquarius Spivey, he of unsportsmanlike conduct penalty, drops the football. It's going to be a first and goal situation, but we drop the football there. And again, that's part of the game. But if you're going to get out there and talk, you need to execute. Brendan Reese then makes a field goal, and we're tied at three. And so you're thinking, okay, you know, you know, five minutes into the second quarter, we're in this thing. And we have executed well on defense, but we, we've made some mistakes on offense. If we can clean some things up and stop getting these silly penalties, you know, we can get an end zone here. That's kind of how it felt. It felt like defense kind of had Auburn's number. And we just needed to figure some things out on offense. We didn't. So you got a chance here, and I don't know, um, you know, kind of what happened here with this deal, but um, I guess Ruiz mishit the kick because usually he puts that thing, you know, eight yards deep in the end zone. But we hit a line drive right to Stove, who returns it 47 yards out to midfield. And so, again, we finally got an even here, and you feel like, you know what, we can't, we can't stop shooting ourselves in the foot. It's like we finally get even in the ball game, despite the fact that we hadn't played well offensively, and then we gift them the ball at the 50. But again, your defense says, you know what, that's cool, we got it. Bigsby runs for four, incomplete to Schwartz, and then incomplete to Seth Williams, Crumberty getting back there making things happen, and all of a sudden you're punting. It's another three and out. And we get a touchback out of the deal. So we survived a mistake there, losing the battle of field position, but we survived a mistake there. We set up at the 20, incomplete to Cam Gardner. Marks then goes for one. We call a timeout. We're incomplete to Tulu Griffin. And then we punt. 
Auburn gets the ball back with uh, a minute to go. And again, here, uh, this is again some undisciplined football here. You got to make some plays here. When you got it, you got a chance to get into the locker room. Pardon me, three eighteen. That we had the ball for a minute, oh five. They had it for three eighteen. But you got a chance here to get into the locker room with a tie ball game. You got to close out the half strong. We don't. Bigsby comes out and gashes us for thirty four yards. Already down to the state twenty three. Bigsby goes for two. Bigsby goes for nine. It's already at the state twelve, and then complete to Stowe for no gain. And then there's a penalty on Seth Williams. And I'm a huge Seth Williams fan. I know we didn't have a big ball game against us, but um, that kid can really play. So it's first and 20. And so, again, you're thinking, okay, maybe we can get out of here and be okay. Bigsby did runs for two, incomplete to Schwartz. Auburn takes a timeout, complete to Schwartz for no game. And then Anders Carlson kicks a field goal from 37. It's 6-3 and a half. So, again, if somebody told you, hey, you know what, it's going to be 6-3 at the half, you're going to think, you know what, we got it, man. We got a chance at this thing. And I'm sure that was the message that uh, Mike Leach had for the team at halftime. We had played pretty poorly. We had missed some tackles at times on defense, but the defense had played really well for the most part. But offensively, we had not been able to generate anything. And yet here we are in a 6-3 ball game. You I mean, you're one play away from winning a ball game we hadn't played well. And we get the ball first coming out of the half, right? Why are so many dogs suffering from health issues? Actress Katherine Heigl, who's helped save over 16,000 dogs through her personal foundation, says they're seeing more issues than ever with dogs' joints, odors, and their health than ever before. After doing a ton of research, she feels there's one place we can all look to improve our dog's health, their food. What she's discovered is that many dog foods are made in a way they can actually create toxins that could possibly be wrecking our dog's health. And that's true for many of the premium brands as well. Fortunately, she's found that just by adding a few special superfoods to her dog's food, she saw huge transformations in their health. She's made a 20-minute video explaining step-by-step step how any of us can do the same thing to see incredible changes in their dog's health. I've got five dogs. I do. I love them. I spend most of my time with them. In fact, Mojo, my mama blue healer, has helped me write six and a half books now. I want her to be as healthy and happy as possible. So if you feel like you do about your dogs the same way I do, let me encourage you to go to badlandsfood.com forward slash boneyard and watch Catherine's video right now. And again, that's badlandsfood.com forward slash boneyard. Be sure and check it out and make sure your pet is happier and healthier than ever. All right, Bulldog fans, our friends from Tecovis want to remind you that uh, it's festival season, it's concert season, it's sundress season. Yes, it is. And you know you need some nice boots to go along with every bit of that. And Tecovis is your stop for the best in Western wear. Tecovis has seasonal and limited edition offerings this spring and summer, including men's and women's boots, apparel, hats, bags, and so much more. All Tecovis boots are made by hand in a very time-honored tradition with timeless styles that are always on trend. And Tecovis has first wear comforts. So no break-in period. You know how tough that can be with a brand new pair of boots. You can put these bad boys on and ride that ride with a smile. It's hard to find this level of comfort paired with the same level of style. So stop by your local Tecovis store, have a complimentary beverage or two, shop the new styles, the smell of fresh leather, and a friendly staff are always at your service. Many stores even have leather custom branding to make your boots truly personalized. And with regular live music and events, there's no in-store experience quite like it. If you can't make it to a store, visit Tecovas. That's T-E-C-O-V-A-S dot com. They offer free shipping on all boots, as well as free returns and exchanges shipped right to your door. Go to Tecovas.com and find your new favorite pair of boots today. We come out, Dylan Johnson goes for five yards, and then we're complete to Jaden Wiley for five, gives us the first down. Rodgers then tucks it and goes when the pass rush gets there and then gets eight. We're complete to Wiley for 16, and we're driving. We're already at the Auburn 41. Marks then busts loose for a run of 12, one of his better runs of the year. And then Rodgers is complete to Austin Williams for no gain, brings up a second and 10, complete to Lederick, pardon me, Tulu Griffin. It's Lederick, but Tulu Griffin for three. And then we're complete to Spivey for four. And he nearly broke it. Nearly. We end up having to kick a field goal here. We miss. That is something we have uh, 
not had a lot of problems with this year is Ruiz missing field goals. We missed this one. He only had one miss earlier than that, than that one, and that was the Kentucky. Defense comes out, ready to go, gets you another three and out. Bigsby runs for two, Bigsby runs for four, incomplete to Jackson, and it's an Auburn punt. So we go out, put a little drive together. We don't finish, but the defense, again, turns in a three and out. We get the ball back, and again, we've got a chance to go down here and make something happen. We're down 6-3, moving through the third quarter. we got a chance to go take a lead. At very least, pull even with Auburn. We're complete to Dylan Johnson for four. Then we run Dylan Johnson for three. Rodgers then complete to Wally for four. And it's nothing Wally becoming a third down receiver for us. Incomplete to Mitchell and a penalty on Cam Jones for holding. So, again, we're backed up first and 20. Incomplete to Osiris. Then we're complete to Tulu for eight. Brings up a third and 12. And, we again, we throw a ball up for grabs again. And, and again, not exactly sure what happened. But it's a turnover that didn't have to happen. We're at the 42. So if we have to punt out there near midfield, we've got a chance to get them back backed up a little bit. And uh, but instead we we, we throw our interception there's return 31 yards all the way down to the state 38. So again, we're giving a defense a short end of the field. But the defense stands tall. Bo Nix runs for eight, incomplete to Schwartz, and then Rigsby runs for six and a first down. Incomplete to Seth Williams, penalty on them for an eligible downfield. They've been doing it for 10 years. It's crazy. The Hugh Freeze, Ole Miss, and Gus Malzahn, Auburn, probably the best ever at getting away with an eligible downfield. And it's incredible to me that the league doesn't put more of an emphasis on that. So the fact that Auburn got flagged for this is just great. That's what that RPO stuff does for you. You know, you fake, you, you fake the run block thing, and you, know, you fake that, and everybody thinks you're running. And then what happens is linemen get loose and get downfield. And when you throw the football, they're, they're ineligible receivers downfield. But Ole Miss under Freeze and Auburn under Malzahn had become masters at kind of, uh, you know, exploiting that, that rule. All right, so Tank Bigsby then runs for one and uh, brings up a second and 14, incomplete to Williams, incomplete to Stove, and then they're going to have a chance here to, to make another field goal. They do. So now it's a 9-3 ball game, and again, we're one play away from taking a lead here. Defense is doing all they can do. We get the touchback here. And uh, then we're complete. It's Bobby for five. That's a little check down there. Incomplete to Wally for 27. Oh, it, part, excuse me. Complete to Wally for 27 yards. I don't know if I've told you guys, but I really like him. All the way over to the Auburn 43, and we're driving. We're incomplete to Griffin. And we took, we took a shot there. That's one of the things I've heard a lot of people talk about on social media and the Facebook groups. So we never take a shot. Well, you never take a shot against an eight-man zone with two high safeties. That's not what you do. I mean, that's just asking for an interception. But you're able to get the matchup you want, and uh, you know Griffin makes an incredible effort there. We just come up with the pass is just a little bit too long there, but we we schemed it up. We had him open. We just didn't make the completion there. And again, that's not on Will. I mean, it's just a matter of it's time for these freshmen to get together. Then we're incomplete to Brad Compass. That was a little bit behind us, and then we're uh, sacked for eight yards. So we're back to the 49, and we punt, and we got him pinned back at the eight. So again, not a good drive for us, but we're still in it. You just need to get the defense to go make a stop for us, and we'll get the ball out there somewhere around midfield. And then we can go down and get a touchdown, take the lead. All right, Rick Bigsby runs for one. Then we'll complete to Frazier for six. Incomplete to Seth Williams brings up a fourth and three, and Auburn's punting again. So another three and out by your defense. State gets the ball back. We're just over a minute to go in the third quarter. We're complete to Tulu for five. Incomplete to Tulu, and then we run for no game. And... Um, it's time to punt again. So we, you know, we're getting ready to open up the fourth quarter there. And it's, again, it's like the defense goes out there and does their job. It's part of the team football concept. It's like you know what? We go out there and we win it. We're winning the battlefield position. We get them backed up, and then we get the, get you guys a three and out, and give you guys an opportunity uh, to have some favorable field position. You don't take advantage. Reed Bowman punts thirty-eight yards, and it's downed by Jaden Wiley at the Auburn five again. A chance to really make a difference here. Bigsby runs for no gain. Bigsby then goes for three. Auburn takes a timeout. Complete to Seth Williams for 25 yards. If you remember, we had them stopped on the play. But they had called a timeout just before the snap. They elected to run the football there. So they call timeout. They dial up this play to Seth Williams. And um, it's a first down. 
Then Bigby gashes us for 27 more, and then Bigsby goes for two. It's second and eight at the state, 38. Complete to Luke Deal for seven. Bigby then goes for three to pick up the first down, first and 10 at the state, 28. Uh, Sean Shiverson runs for one, incomplete to Schwartz. Then a false start on Seth Williams, who didn't have a great day. I mean, to see some of the uh, the social media commentary, I mean, you'd think it's Seth Williams won the Bletnikoff against us. I remember him winning, having a game-winning touchdown against Ole Miss, which is kind of interesting that that uh, the coach from Ole Miss would, would tweet anything out about him. You'd think he'd be a little bit more respectful of the way that Seth Williams torched them, but I digress. And then next is complete to Seth Williams for 32, and it's a touchdown. And that's the play that everybody's talking about. That's the play – and the ref says, well, Martin Emerson, you know, you're out there jawing back and forth and you get beat. Both of those guys chirped all day long. And it's like any time that I see this stuff on social media, I think you guys never played. That's, that's what I when, – when I, don't, I don't think any less of Martin Emerson. I actually think less of you because what you're telling me is that you've never played. You've never played. Because if you've ever played football on a high school level or any level beyond that, you understand – there is an ongoing conversation that doesn't make the TV broadcast the entire game. That's just how it is. Linemen get down there and talk trash. D linemen, D linemen do it back and forth. You don't, you don't, you don't see Chris Jones out there on TV. I mean, come on. And that's one thing about our fan base. Sometimes it kind of bothers me. We have some self-loathing Mississippi State fans. I guess you want to look cute to your old Miss friends, whatever. I would never get out there on social media and talk trash about Martin Emerson after he locked up one of the best receivers in the game and limited him to three catches. One of them just happened to be a big one. But everybody's like, oh, look at this. Well, how many times did Seth Williams go out there and talk trash and Martin Emerson lock him up and him be unavailable on the play? How many many times did that make the highlight? It doesn't because when DBs do their job, it's not a highlight because they're not open, because the quarterback's not going to throw it in their direction because they had their man covered. But let's move on here. So now it's a 16-3 ball game. At this point, we all started losing hope a little bit. But before uh, before that, before we were able to hit the, the bricks and get on out of there, we get a great return by Tulu Griffin, and uh, he nearly scored on the play. 65 yards all the way down to the Auburn 29, and that really gave State a chance to extend the game there. Because instead of us having a march length of the field, we got to go 30 yards, and that's exactly what we do. We're incomplete to Marks, incomplete to Griffin. It's third and 10. And then Will Rogers tucks it and goes and does the things that a lot of Bulldog quarterbacks haven't done over the years, is go get the first down. Will does that. K.J. Costello's not making that play. I'm not saying anything negative about K.J., but Will's a better runner. First and 10 at the Auburn 16. We're complete to Wiley for eight, and then we find Austin Williams wide open for a touchdown. And... Uh, and then Spivey's ejected for his second unsportsmanlike of the game. It's crazy. Uh, and so it's a 16-10 ball game, but there's still 8:24 to go. And so you're thinking, okay, we're right back in the situation we were. As bad as that South Williams touchdown was, we're still in it. We're still in it. We get one more stop. We're a play away from having a lead. And we're playing into the fourth quarter. Bigsby didn't runs for 15. I'm really impressed with that guy. Bigsby runs again for 15, and then there's a personal foul penalty on Marquis Spencer. It, this is so stupid. You talk about adding insult to injury. He's carted off the field and ejected. And I haven't seen the replay. It might be legitimate, but it's one of those things, too. I mean, I, I, it's how often do you see a defensive lineman called for targeting for a play at the line of scrimmage? I, I, don't, I don't get it. I mean, it's like, is it a defenseless player? If he's a runner, running between the tackles, is he a defenseless player? Mm, no, I think not. But, again, I haven't seen a replay. Marquise may have had a textbook targeting call. I don't think so. But either way, uh, he's, he's the guy that took the worst end of it. And uh, I understand that he is fine. There is not expected to be any uh, long-term injury. He's just sore and kind of working through that. Tank Bigsby then runs for 24. This is where I thought the defense kind of wore down a little bit. They've been playing well all day. First and six, and then Bigsby goes for three, and then Nix is in for the touchdown. And it really put that was that's it, that's it, that's the game. This drive right here, that's the one. That's the one where they put us away. And that's not to say anything bad about a defense because the defense didn't have a lot of help on the day. Without the ones like you who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. 
hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants. They all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. It's 24 to 10. They go for two. They make it. I wasn't a big fan of them going for two there. But, uh, you know, put you up two touchdowns. I, I guess Gus is playing the numbers there. So we get the ball back, and, uh, you know, we got a chance to try to climb back in it. We're running out of time, though. We're complete to Austin Williams for 16, incomplete to Wally, incomplete to Wally again, complete to Osiris, and Osiris Mitchell siding on third and 10 there gets you a first down. And then Rodgers is sacked again for seven yards. We're complete to Heath for 10, incomplete to Heath, and then we're punting on fourth and seven. Oh, pardon me. We went for it on fourth and seven and uh, had some miscommunication there. We're incomplete. Auburn gets the ball back there, and um, – you know, it's, it's at this point, it's academic, right? Bigsby goes for three. Bigsby goes for four. Timeout state. Next runs for none. And then there's a timeout us. And then we get the punt back. And I saw some people questioning the, uh, the, the timeouts there. I thought the timeouts were well spent there. You're trying to just prevent them from eating up all the clock and give your offense a chance. Very first play, Derek Hall sacks Will Rogers for a loss of 12 yards. And it was just one of those things, you're like, you know, we know it's over. And, and, and then Malzahn and them were out there fussing about the ball placement. I guess they wanted it to be a safety. It's ridiculous. Uh, complete to Austin Williams for nine. We're good to Osiris for six. And then you end up there with Will Rogers sack for a loss of five. Not a good day for the offensive line. And then Auburn runs out the clock. So running some numbers here for you real quick before we move on. Uh, look at the box score here as individuals. I thought Tank, Tank – uh, Tate Bigsby with a big game there, ran for 192 yards. They have not been great running the football this year, but we knew, and Gus Malzahn said on Tuesday that uh, they have to establish the running game. They did. They run for 218 yards, and we're a team that kind of prides ourselves on stopping the run. We held Bo Nix to 15 of 32 passing for 125 yards and just the one touchdown. Uh, to, to read some of the social media commentary among Mississippi State people, you would think that uh, the Bo Nix and uh, – Seth Williams, you know, had Heisman caliber days. They did not. Seth Williams held to a season low three catches for 57 yards, one touchdown, and the one and that touchdown went for 32. Yeah, I don't know what else you want me to say. Schwartz five of five catches for 32. Eli Stowe five for 23. You know, 15 grabs for 125 yards. Secondary played pretty well. I mean, yeah, that's the thing too. It's a guy can lock up a guy all day long, but in crunch time. Uh, you, you don't make a play, and then you got to live with the consequences. Well, Rogers, 30 of 51 for 221 yards, a touchdown, two interceptions. I thought Auburn did a great job keeping the ball in front of them, and they sacked Will six times, six times, more than we had combined against Ole Miss in Georgia. Jaden Wiley with his third consecutive game with over 100 yards receiving. He had eight catches for 100 yards along with 27. Now the single the uh, the, the single season freshman record holder at Mississippi State for receiving yards. Pretty cool deal there, and we got to start in the making there. So that's kind of how we are. That's that's how the game went, and so let's kind of move forward here with life. Uh, I'm glad the game is over. Uh, listen, I think Auburn hadn't been Auburn in a long time. I guess since maybe 2013. What is it? Seven straight years with four losses or more. You know, I don't I don't fault Auburn for making a change there. You know that. They've had think about this. Gus Malzahn had to spend his Auburn career in the shadow of arguably the greatest dynasty in the history of, of the college football game with Nick Saban at Alabama. I mean, it's in a different time, it's probably a different result. But I think Gus kind of wore it as welcome there. And he couldn't he couldn't win at LSU, he couldn't win in Tuscaloosa, he couldn't win at Athens. And uh, and even had some trouble winning a Starkville for that matter. And so the Gus Malzahn era is over. Wish him the best wherever he lands. All right, today's top 10 list brought to you by the fine folks at my bookie. We discussed last week the man in red must have gotten all of our Christmas wish letters because we're going to get the NBA and NFL on Christmas Day. How cool is that? Best place to bet on both of those games is at my bookie, the only sports book that doesn't really care whether you're naughty or nice this year. They got gifts for everybody. Sign up today and receive the ultimate stocking stuff stuff for up to $1,000 in bonus cash for free. That's a great place to start. 
But we all know Christmas is about what's under the tree. And this year, my bookie's given you not one, not two, but six days of giveaways. That's right. From December 22nd to December 26th, they're hooking up players with deals and promotions so exciting, we can't even talk about them on the air. Seriously, they swore enough to secrecy. I mean, seriously, I don't have any details. So you just have to sign up and find out what they are. It's simple. Sign up today at my bookie and enter promo code Boneyard and get your deposit matched halfway up to a thousand bucks. That's exactly right. You deposit five hundred, they're gonna give you two hundred and fifty dollars in bonus cash to play with. So instead of you having five hundred to work with, you got seven fifty, all the way up to thousand bucks. Head over to my bookie to make the most of the holidays this year with six days of giveaways. This winter, bet with the best, bet with my bookie, and be sure to use promo code. Boneyard. Okay, top 10 list. I, there was a time I thought we might have done this band, and so I was a little reluctant to do it again, but I don't know that we have done this band. Maybe we have. I think maybe maybe so, but we're going to do it again anyway. Since Roy has been putting together the set list for you guys, the top 10 list set list, the Journey top 10 list has crushed everybody. Listen, we were doing great. You know, with uh, Michael Jackson and Cool and the Gang and Hall Notes and, and things were doing great. And then we put Journey in there and Journey has nearly doubled everybody else. You guys love some 80s rock, some 80s radio rock. Maybe some guys, maybe you're not listening to the obscure stuff that I did. So we're going to go back and do Foreigner because I had about a half dozen of you clowns that said, Hey, Steve, I love the Journey list. Let's do Foreigner. I might have already done it. I don't care. I'm crazy. I'll do another one. So here we go. Here are my honorable mentions for Foreigner. I love Foreigner. I have Foreigner on vinyl. I have them on cassette. I've got them on CD. I probably got them on 8-track somewhere. Love Foreigner. Here are my honorable mentions. Some B-sides for you. Blue Morning, Blue Day. That's off the uh, Double Vision album, if I'm not mistaken. Nightlife. That's off four. Love Has Taken Its Toll. And Woman in Black. Those are great B-sides. So if you're unfamiliar with those, go check them out. But here's a top 10 list. And if I've done one before, it might have changed a little bit. Because I've jammed some foreigner here in the last few days to kind of prepare for this moment. Number 10 for me, head games. And I'm, I'm confident we've done the foreigner list and I left out head games. So if for no other reason, I'm doing another foreigner list to correct that wrong. Head games, a great album, a great track. That album cover still just kind of rips me, man. I look at the album cover and think, wow, head games. Number nine, Say You Will. Love that track. That's one of the later ones before Lou Graham left the band. Waiting for a Girl Like You was a number one for them off the four album. Number seven, Double Vision. You can hear some of that at Duty Noble Field every time we hit a double. Double Vision's a great track. That whole album is great. Number six, off Agent Provocateur. It's the song, I Want to Know What Love Is. And this song really kind of led to the end of the band as we know it because Lou Graham ultimately left Foreigner over this. Mick Jones wanted to have more airplay, wanted to, really kind of sold out a little bit uh, to the power ballad movement. Lou Graham wanted to be more of a rocker. They, they split over creative differences, and it was because of this song. Number five, Jukebox Hero. There are a lot of people that tell me that's their favorite foreigner song. That one was kind of a, that was the very first time I heard it as it began to build. I loved it, but it's not my favorite. Number four, Cold as Ice. We're going back, man, going back to the beginning. Cold as Ice. We've all been there before. You're willing to sacrifice our love? Come on. Come on now. I'm better than that. Number three, one of the craziest guitar solos that was ever really played on a radio back in the 80s. Because you could let, here's the deal. Unless Z-Rock or, uh, you know, Z-104 out of Jackson played it, you couldn't get Motley Crue or Rat on a radio. You certainly couldn't get Metallica. And so we had to listen. We had to listen to kind of Journey and Foreigner and people like that. But Hot Blooded was such a crazy solo, and uh, I've heard I've heard so many guitar players over the years say it's such a weird arrangement, but it works so wonderfully well. Go check that out today. Number two feels like the first time. Feels like the very first time. Reminds me of when we went number one. I hope we get back. But number one for me, and I suspect it always will be. It's urgent. 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 I love the sax solo on that. It's one of my favorite moments in 80s rock. It's a great tune, great lyrics. It's about, uh, you, know, you know what it's about. You don't need me to tell you. Go listen to it yourself. So that's top 10 list. You can look for Roy to have that list out on Spotify later. And uh, we've already got the week kind of planned out, but I'll tell you, if you have ideas for the top 10 list, please send them on. I'm happy to do them. We'll discuss them. 
And uh, some of you guys have some eclectic taste, man. Listen, I, I thought that I listened, listen, like in the late 80s, like when all of the uh, early 90s, you know, when all the prep kids were like starting to wear like Def Leppard shirts and, you know, it, it kind of lost its appeal for me. So like it's more, I hated that my favorite bands, you know, kind of got involved with all that stuff. You know, it's just, you know, part of the thing with rock is like you felt like we were part of a subculture. And so as metal exploded, and all the kids, you know, that wore like their eyes odds and like their seersucker shorts and that sort of stuff, you know, they all kind of got into Motley and stuff and they got into, you know, to, you know, it just watered the whole thing down. But they bought records. And so I get it, you know, but uh, I started listening to bands like, uh, you know, the Sea Hags and DAD and Bang Tango and Vane and people like that. So as you guys came in, I went a little more deeper into the uh, sub rock genre. But, uh, you know, I love talking with music with you guys, and uh, I hope that you guys get it. But uh, we're going to talk. we got some cool things lined up for the week. And uh, Roy kind of picked out the one for Wednesday, so we'll talk a little more about that list on Wednesday. It's kind of similar to the new edition tree, but it's a little more uh, folksy and classic rocky, shall we say. And then we've got on Friday, we're going to do a top ten list of one of the greatest guitarists who have ever lived. All right. Uh, let me remind you guys, too, if you hadn't done so, go check out Manscaped. You guys are all, listen, you know this deal. I mean, listen, ladies, if you're looking for stock and stuff for your, for your significant male other, let me encourage you to visit the folks at Manscaped. Look no further, because they're going to be able to give some gifts that maybe he's embarrassed to buy for himself. There's a lot of guys out there that are saying, you know, listen, I would love to do that, but I don't know how I feel about, uh, you know, having to go buy this product or have show up at the house. You know, everybody's got to do some below-the-waist grooming from time to time, and you need those hygiene products to stay fresh. You know, a few of the products that are, uh, you know, prize stocking stuffers this year, you know, it's, that's the, the Crop Preserver. That's the deodorant. The name kind of speaks for itself. Uh, the Crop Reviver Toner. It's a spray-on toner that, that gives you, you know, a little slice of heaven in your more intimate areas there where you can stay fresh with aloe vera and hazel extracts. The Crop, the crop Cleanser Body Wash, the full body wash that you can also use on your hair. That's pretty cool and convenient. Uh, the crop mop wipes. You never know when an opportunity may strike, so you need to be prepared. Uh, foot duster, foot deodorant designed to keep the nastiest feet smelling fresh. Many of you have the stank foot, and your friends are scared to tell you. I am your friend, and I am telling you, you have the stank foot. So get the foot duster free deodorant. The Shears 2.0 is a luxury four-piece nail kit. There's a lot of people that just kind of bite their nails. If you're going to have a date, if you're going to look like a real person, get the nail kit, okay? Weed Whacker Nose and Ear Hair Trimmer provides proprietary skin-safe technology to get rid of those nasty nose hairs. Who knew that would be a problem when we all got older? It is. Uh, and let's not forget about the best trimmer for your intimate areas. The Lawnmower 3.0 Trimmer offers a replaceable ceramic blade with advanced skin-safe technology to help reduce grooming accidents. These formulations are all vegan, cruelty-free, dye-free, sulfate-free, paraben-free, clown-free, circus-free. All these products are legit. Get 20% off and free ship, shipping using promo code BONEYARD. Whether this is for your partner, your dad, your brother, your friend, get them something you know they'll actually use this year, and it's almost sure to get a little bit of a laugh. And how cool is that? We could all use more of that anyway. Again, 20% off and free shipping at manscaped.com. Use promo code BONEYARD. All right, let's talk uh, the rest of the league here real quick before we get into some recruiting stuff. As you guys know, Ole Miss and uh, A&M was postponed for the second time. Uh, what's interesting to me about that is there were so many people on the Ole Miss side talking about, oh, State's trying to get out of playing the Egg Bowl, and then we go out there and play the Egg Bowl and play Georgia with less than 50 scholarship players. I don't know Ole Miss's situation, but it's probably the time for you guys to maybe hold quiet for a while. Uh, Georgia destroys Missouri 49-14. Missouri now arrives at Mississippi State with a 5-4 and record. Listen, that's a really good Missouri team, much better than people expected. We're going to have to play a good ball game. Alabama destroys Arkansas 52-3. Alabama-Arkansas regular season now over. Arkansas got off to that great start and then finished the year 3-7. and seven. I don't think that's an indictment on Sam Pittman. They have had a lot of COVID issues there. And again, this is a group, too, that um, you know, is kind of used to losing. They get off to the, the quick start. People begin to take them seriously. Uh, I still think Arkansas is a team that uh, is improving. I don't think there's any question. Uh, Tennessee takes down Vanderbilt 42 to 17. Tennessee now three and six uh, on the year, their first win in seven weeks. LSU, that's the story of the weekend. LSU goes to the swamp with a true freshman quarterback and wins the game 37-34. Max Johnson, the former NFL 
quarterback Brad Johnson goes down there into the swamp. I'm sure that made his dad happy, a former Florida State Seminole, and uh, beat Florida. And a lot of people did say, hey, this is a typical Dan Mullen game. Yeah, I don't know that I agree with that. Uh, I think, you know, if Florida makes a play and doesn't throw a shoe, the game is over. You know what I'm saying? It's just over. You know, defensively, I, th- I think Florida's been up and down. But listen, I've talked to some guys on that staff. They just don't have the dudes. You know, that's, that's why I think Alabama's going to embarrass Florida this weekend. I mean, you know, if, yes, Florida won the East this year, as they should. But they haven't been a great defensive team. They're trying to go out and recruit some guys. But, they listen, they have not had, you know, a lot of guys on that defense you look at and say, man, i got to have that guy. I mean, I was talking to the hind dog about this a couple days ago. It's like a no-name defense. I mean, who do you know? On the Florida defense, I mean, really, I mean, unless you're just one of these, you know, you know, super fans of the SEC, there's not really anybody on that defense that makes a lot of headlines, and I think that's a big issue. And, and Grant Dan's been good enough to get him to Atlanta, but you know, as they say, defense wins championships, and that's kind of been the up and down thing. And I, I thought Dan tried to let Grant them off the hook a little bit in post game, but what a crazy way for this game to end with uh, LSU hitting a 37 yard, uh, pardon me, 57 yard field goal in the swamp to win. Kyle Trask throws at 474 yards and losing effort. That's the weekend in review. And uh, we'll look ahead to some things a little bit later. Kind of a limited schedule, I guess, this week. Uh, it's technically week 16 for us, which means that uh, A&M Ole Miss won't play. Uh, but uh, to give you a quick rundown here, uh, A&M at Tennessee, finally. Uh, Vanderbilt and Georgia game has uh, already been canceled. Ole Miss uh, will be in Baton Rouge. LSU is going to win that football uh, football game. I've been saying it for weeks. LSU is an awful matchup for Ole Miss, even with, uh, you know, before they've caught lightning in the bottle by going and winning in the swamp. I, I don't know that I would want to go down there and face it or run this week. And, of course, Missouri's at State and then Alabama and Florida in the SEC championship game. So we'll preview all that later uh, in the week. And so uh, let's get into uh, – a couple other things, getting some recruiting stuff brought to you by the folks at Campus Book March. You know, Stan and Man, Miss Kathy Brown, the lovely, talented Susan, have been with me forever. They're like family to me, and they'll be like family to you. Go by, check them out, spend some time with them. If you're looking for last minute Mississippi State items and you can't make it to Starkville, perhaps you're out of state and there's not, you know, a, a vendor in your area that sells Mississippi State merchandise, visit them at campusbookmart.net. And being a loyal Boneyard listener will save you a little cash. Use promo code BSR, which stands for Beautiful Steve Robertson. And that'll get you free shipping on all orders over 50 bucks. Any order less than $50, absolutely incomplete. Promo code BSR. CampusBookmark.net. You got it. You know the deal. All right, let's talk some recruiting. All right, so when we last spoke, Antonio Harmon, wide receiver out of Kosciuszko, was expected to announce today. He is elected just to go ahead and wait until National Signing Day. And I mean, it's not, I'm told there's no concern there. It's just, you know what, if we're already here, you know, if we already know what we're going to do, today's Monday, what's it going to hurt to just wait and do it on Wednesday? So we'll have some things to look forward to on Wednesday. Uh, Simeon Price out of uh, the Panhandle of Florida, former South Carolina commitment states, talking about him kind of being a running back and a, and a wide receiver, a wide receiver and a running back's body. So he'll play some running back for us. I like it. I like it a lot. We need more of an all-purpose type back. And the fact that he spent so much time catching the football on the high school level, he should acclimate well to the scheme. But we're not going to go out and recruit those uh, you know, big, bruising, four- and five-star running backs that expect to carry the football 25 times a game. Those days are over. Okay, It's not going to happen. But Simeon Price fits. We feel great about him. He's also going to announce on National Signing Day, which is Wednesday. We feel Extremely confident about him. Ty Cooper, out of Louisville, it's been a back-and-forth battle between State and Ole Miss for months now. The latest information that I have is that uh, it's going to be State and that Ole Miss is really not pursuing him anymore. And, uh, you know, I don't know if a situation kind of like they had with us where you know, they said, hey, we got to have an answer, and uh, maybe they didn't get the answer they wanted. Maybe they felt better about another player. Either way, if Ty Cooper signs to Mississippi State, Mississippi State will have signed the only Power 5 defensive lineman in the state of Mississippi this year, as it should be. When there is one, he should go to state because we have tradition. They do not, at least recently. State's done a great job of cultivating, recruiting, and developing defensive linemen here in the past generation, and I believe Ty Cooper 
uh, can play into that. I don't think Ty Cooper is on the level as a Montez Sweat, but I think that with his long and rangy physique, he's a guy that can be a good player for us. We're certainly happy to have him as part of our program. And again, probably a signing day announcement. We'll probably know more tomorrow. Offensive line-wise, Cannon Boone's a guy that we're still in contact with, and I understand at State had a Zoom call with him with Mike Leach uh, Sunday evening. Cannon Boone has been committed to Virginia Tech for a long time. There is a lot of uncertainty surrounding the job of Virginia Tech, and I've read some people that said, well, you know, uh, Justin Fuente's buyout goes down $2.5 million on Tuesday. Anybody that thinks they're going to fire him on Tuesday is probably not being honest with themselves. Why would you fire a coach on Tuesday before signing day? We're signing in the morning. You couldn't wait two more days. You know, and listen, those kids can still opt out. They can still ask out of their national letter of intent and get the release because of the coaching change. But uh, Cannon Boone, that could be a surprise on signing day as well. That could be one that you know, we've kind of had kind of get moved on from and given up on. Things may be coming full circle, and then all of a sudden he could potentially announce from Mississippi State on Wednesday as well. Those are things you begin to look at and start feeling kind of excited about. Uh, Jadarius Perkins, we're not exactly sure when he's going to sign. We know he'll sign in the December period, but he's going to announce his decision on Christmas Day. So if Mississippi State has the, that signing in, they're not, they're not going to rain on the kids' parade. They're going to hold it, and they're going to let him announce his decision on Christmas Day. And so if he doesn't sign, if he's not announced a signee by Mississippi State or somebody else on Wednesday, that doesn't mean that he hadn't made his decision. It just means that he hadn't announced his decision. The things with Justin Wiley, I understand that's still ongoing. I know there's a lot of Bulldog fans that have some Justin Wiley fatigue because they can't believe that he is committed to Minnesota and they expect uh, you know, that this is going to be a crazy thing. It's, people said, oh, it's just it's wild that his, his older brother is here becoming a star at Mississippi State. Why wouldn't he want to come be a part of that? You know, I, I don't know what's on the young man's mind. I don't know what's important to him. You know, I've had some people share, he kind of like wants to do his own thing and not be in his brother's shadow. And, and I, you know, with Justin playing offense, he can play defense. I don't know why he would feel that way, but uh, they're still working. State is still working trying to get him flipped from Minnesota. I can't say I'm overly optimistic about it at this point, but I'm happy to say that your Bulldog coaches are still working. They haven't moved on just yet. Uh, Calvin Johnson II, better known as C.J. Johnson from French Cap Academy, it, it appears at this point he is bound and determined to sign in February. I was told last week they had a family meeting to kind of discuss their options. Uh, the recruiting process has, has exploded for him late, and he comes from a family that really values academics, and so he didn't want to rush the decision. I know many of you listen to the show think, you know what, if my kid had a chance to go play at Mississippi State, uh, we're going to take it. And you know what? That's exactly how it is in my family. That doesn't mean that's the case for his family. You know, we've had a lot of Bulldog families in the past. Their kids have elected to go to Vanderbilt or Stanford or somewhere else because they felt like that was where they were going to get the best education. I don't think any less of anybody for that, but I think it's one of those deals, too, where if you're Calvin Johnson II, you've got to be careful with this thing because what if somebody with comparable ability comes along and is ready to sign at Mississippi State on Wednesday? Then you could find yourself kind of boxed out. That's not to say he won't have a good experience somewhere else, but if his dream is to be a Mississippi State Bulldog, he probably needs to decide sooner rather than later. Jonathan Alexander from Kansas State is now a Kansas State graduate. That clears him to be a grad transfer. We're still kind of waiting to hear what his decision is going to be. I think he and Perkins is probably an either-or situation. Mike Leach said today during a press conference that he expected to uh, you know, revamp the secondary. It's what they were looking to do. That's kind of where the focus is right now. I think we all feel good about the direction of the rest of the class. And you know, with Simeon Price coming in as a running back, I mean, you begin to kind of run the numbers here. You get Ty Cooper. You need to get one more high school defensive end. State is still pursuing Byron Turner. He's committed to Florida State. There's nothing at this point that suggests that he is going to flip. I know that Mississippi State is still on him and still pushing him to float to Mississippi State. Then you begin to think about Fort Meade defensive end Deontay Anderson. If you get two of those three, you've done exceptionally well. Exceptionally well. Because you begin to think about Randy Charlton is in, Trevon Marshall is in. Uh, you've addressed numbers, you've addressed ability, you've addressed immediate concerns, and you've got some guys in your developmental pipeline. I think you'll have done really well at defensive end if you close with two of those three. You begin to look at how it all kind of you know goes from there. You get Cannon Boone, that gives you five offensive linemen, uh, mostly on the developmental side. I can't say there's a I can't miss guy among the group, but you've got some guys, four guys right now that are January 
enrollment guys will graduate in December. So you, right away, you add competition to the room that makes your team better next year. But you'd like to get a fifth guy, even if he is a spring grad. We know we've talked about wide receiver. You add Antonio Harmon to the mix there. You bring in Simeon Price. And you look at the secondary and kind of see how things go. Uh, so people always say, hey, there are going to be surprises on signing day. You know, listen, we think we do a pretty good job kind of finding the names. Uh, that's not to say that somebody might emerge in the last 24 hours that maybe we've talked about and maybe hadn't given a lot of uh, serious attention to that might blow up. But, no, there's not going to be – you're not going to have some kid, you know, flip from, from Ole Miss. But uh, I will tell you this, this thing with Kadarius Callaway is not 100% over. I know there's a lot of people out there that say, well, you know, we've got this and, and this kid really wants to do this. Um, it's not over. And uh, Tony Hughes still working on Kadarius Callaway. We'll see how things go. But um, – I like the fact that our Bulldog staff does not just give up so easy. That's one thing at times under Dan Mullen. It was kind of like, and, and I'm not necessarily mentioning this about Dan. I don't think Dan made those guys really recruit as hard as he should have. But if we got resistance, you know, we just didn't do it. You know, it's like we'd send an offer out. We'd reach out and call. And if the kid's like, oh, you know, Coach, I don't really know much of Mississippi State. Okay, cool. Good luck. You know, we just – and that's a bit of an exaggeration. But I like the fact that this this – staff seems to stay on guys and uh, that's what needs to happen because that's how you get a Simeon Price when South Carolina gets ready to make a coaching change that's how you get a Rara Thomas when South Carolina makes a coaching change it's not because you jumped in late with an offer it's because you maintained a relationship despite the fact that he was committed and so then when things changed you know he can say you know what Mississippi State's always been with me Mississippi State never abandoned me even when I was committed to somebody else that's what good recruiters do that's what good recruiters do Sort of like Antonio Harmon. You know, there was a time there, you know, I, we just felt there was no way Antonio Harmon was going to be in this class. And you know what? Steve Spurrier maintained a relationship with him. And you know what? We had some spots available for a best available player on offense. And now here we are. Antonio Harmon at one point was considered the number one player in Mississippi. He's not now. But I think Antonio Harmon is undervalued as a prospect right now. I don't think a lot of people fully appreciate uh, how motivated that kid's going to be to get here. Not to mention, he is a very, very impressive player. Got to work on the foot speed a little bit, but people get faster. They get in a weight room and they do get faster. It's not like you're born as fast as you're going to be. As you grow and get stronger, you get faster. All right, so let's talk Portico a little bit before we get out of here. You guys know Brooks Bryan is a uh, former Diamond Dog. Robbed a home run against the University of, uh, of Washington to send us to Omaha. I know you guys are somewhat familiar with that. And uh, if you don't have the details behind that, Brooks will give them to you. You can call and talk to him about this new development in Starkville, new residential complex here called Portico, located off Garrett Road uh, behind Hilton Garden Inn and the Chrysler Jeep dealership, just over a mile from campus, easy access to Highway 82 and Highway 25. There are going to be 51 houses total in the development with 18 houses in the first phase, approaching completion, 33 houses in the second phase, just after the turn of the year. Uh, houses are range in size from 1,300 to 2,000 square feet, and two-bedroom, two-bath, up to four-bedroom, four-bath. They include a walking trail and a pavilion area. They want you to have a good time when you come out there. If you need more information, and you darn well should, reach out to Brooks. He'll talk to you about Mississippi State baseball, probably get some good Brian Weiss and Chris Lauderhouse stories he can share with you, Jeremy Jackson, Chris Reinecke, the whole crew. Call Brooks at 601-416-8075. Again, at 601-416-8075. Go check it out. Okay, before we get out of here, let me remind you, if you hadn't done so, uh, go to Alpha Dog's book, and you can get personalized copies. I, guys, I signed nearly 200 books today. So you guys are clearly doing well uh, with this online ordering, but also, too, we've got several bookstores that have had to uh, restock here for the late Christmas rush. Many of you have said, you know what, I'm thinking I'm going to get that book for Christmas or I'm going to get it for a friend or whatever. Now's the time. If you hadn't done so, go to alphadogsthebook.com and you can get copies of Flim Flam, Stark Villains, and Alpha Dogs. I'm pretty much signing books every day now because they're trying to turn these orders around next day. There were some orders that came in today, went out today. They just happened to come in when I was over at the publisher uh, signing books. They said, hey, before you leave, go sign these. I did. Say, ordered today, they went out today, chance they'll be in the mailbox tomorrow. How about that? How's that for service? So if you're looking for books, go check it out. And uh, listen, I've had so much fun on the book tour. And, uh, you yeah, know, listen, I'll be honest with you, I was a little worried about getting sick. 
not too worried, I guess, or I wouldn't have done it. But I was real careful. And a lot of people said, you know, listen, do this and make sure you do this and wear your mask and use hand sanitizer all the time. I, I did that, and I still think we had a lot of fun. And there are a lot of people that couldn't make it out. It's, hey, me and Steve, I love to come to the book signings, but this year I just don't want to get out. Alpha Dog's a book and take care of everything. And locally, if you're looking for, uh, you know, Stark Villains gear, you can find it at StarkVillains.com. You can get hoodies, T-shirts, whatever, and everybody should have one of those. I'm still trying to get a camouflage Stark Villains hoodie for you guys. Still working on that. So I will, uh, I'll see if we can get that done. I apologize for being delayed. I've been a little busy. But uh, so, again, busy week. Next time we're together will be the uh, signing day show. And so we're, while I'm late today, I don't want to be as late, but we're going to wait until everything is in. Okay, so once we get everything in, then I'll break down the class for you and kind of tell you what happened, what didn't happen, who we got, who we didn't get, and what went wrong, and all that sort of stuff. So that'll all take place on Wednesday. And then we'll, we'll kind of take it from there. And, of course, we'll have uh, some basketball stuff to review as well. But Wednesday will be the recruiting extravaganza. We'll have marching bands, dancing girls, everything that goes along with that. Looking forward to being back with you guys then. But until next time, let's all live our lives in a way we make more friends than enemies and people can see a difference in the way we live. Without the ones like you who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.